This is the Blockchain from the Block podcast. I'm IBB, and with me today, as always, is Lucas Ucic from Eternity Ventures. Somehow, are going to explain what we're going to talk about because Luca, my mama, actually asked what blockchain is, and I can't really explain it because I have no idea. It's it's not that complicated. Oh come on! It's 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 super simple. Um, now you're just embarrassing me. And no I, no no no. I, I mean come on! I mean this is like you're just not paying attention at class. So <laughs> as usual, as usual. The thing is, it's uh, the blockchain is a concept that describes one simple thing: a book of orders of interactions between two parties and uh, a verification system. So you know that, for example, you and me entered into a certain transaction. I transferred something to you. Is it value? Is it money? Is it a message? Is it something? Uh, By using cryptographic uh, algorithms, I can verify beyond doubt that this happened at a certain time that you or your representation in the form of an address or a wallet or your private key initiated that transaction at that certain point in time for a certain uh, purpose. And this is verified beyond any doubt. And it is once it is written down in this book, it is impossible to change. So once it's in the book, it's always out there. And anyone... And I mean, anyone in the world can access and verify it. So that's basically the blockchain. It's a very simple concept that transfers all of these things that are right now hidden most in most of the cases because of some central entity and making it fully transparent and resistant to any kind of manipulation or, well, any kind of manipulation uh, that comes later. But isn't being hidden part of the whole benefit of it? If it's hidden, no. it, why? So that's one of the that's one of the common misconceptions that uh, cryptocurrencies and blockchain are anonymous or hidden, which is not true. So if I know that you, you that your wallet or your address is associated with you, I can see any transaction that you have done ever. So imagine the implications. So that means that, for example, if we decide to impose a rule that any politician needs to get his salary or any kind of transactions in his day-to-day life, and he needs to use transparent technology like this, that means that you can verify any transaction, so any payment to him and from him anytime in the world, it brings a lot of really interesting you know, things. I mean, I don't like politicians like any other guy, but what's with their privacy then? Do they have a right to privacy if they're using blockchain for this? Well, of course. I mean, there is always a, you know, privacy. Privacy is a fundamental right unless you you chose yourself to represent other people. And once you have the access to exploit those people, you know, so you need to have some sort of a mechanisms that will prevent something like this. So basically, blockchain is saying this. You do not trust the other person that will um, that they will not cheat. You trust the system because if the system realizes that they want to cheat, they will kick them out of the system. They will penalize them so the incentive to cheat is not there anymore. So I'll give you an example. This is an example, a very kind of plastic one, a uh, simple one because... I need kindergarten. Exactly. Facts, so there is something called proof of stake. 
proof of stake is basically a consensus algorithm that says, okay, this certain transaction happened, it is verified because I say so, I say that it's verified. So in the in in the case of proof of stake, that means that if I want to verify that something happened, I need to put money or some value that uh, as collateral that will prove that I am not lying, intentionally lying. So I will put 100,000 euros, for example, in a bank account or a wallet that will guarantee that if I'm lying, that these 100,000 is lost immediately, as soon as the system uh, thinks I'm, I'm lying. This basically gives you one simple thing. If the incentive, if the payout to me to cheat is larger than 100,000 euros, I will probably do it. But if it's less, I have less incentives to cheat the system itself. It's basically trying to guarantee the, you know, honest interaction between people in in a certain certain way. So is the difference between, for example, blockchain and uh, cryptocurrency that this is a currency and this is information, or oh, is it? It's a more? dual. It's it's duality. So that's the dual nature dual nature of the industry itself. So. Blockchain is a technology. Blockchain is nothing else than a ledger, like a database that is verifiable by cryptographic means. Cryptocurrencies are basically a means to transfer certain value from one person to another. There is an underlying effect below it that in order for you to verify that certain transaction happened, you need, in the case of proof of work, one of the, the means to, to verify this, that you need to spend some time, effort, money, knowledge, electricity, something that to make this happen. What basically happens is you need to have an incentive, a monetary incentive for people to protect the system itself. Not because they want to protect the system, but because they want to earn money by protecting the system. A little bit like the police. Nobody wants to be a policeman. Well, some people do. Okay, Come some on. People do. Yeah. When we were young, <laughs> yeah. playing cops and robbers, that was a robber, but it doesn't matter. So the system protects... Uh, exactly. So that's the, that's the whole thing. Itself. The whole idea behind blockchain itself is it's just another technology. Just like your mother probably doesn't have any idea what MySQL is or what Amazon Web Services are or what Dockerizing is or any of these technologies. But she still uses Facebook. She still uses Slack. She still probably uses Snapchat or some other other things. She doesn't need to understand what's behind it. In the cases of the you know technologies that I mentioned, the problem is that at any point in time, the central owner of the system can ban you. They can decide, okay, Ivan's mother is persona non grata in our system, and we don't want her. Kick her out. If the, there is such a power in someone's hands, they're going to abuse it once in a while. So you can see that in Facebook, a blatant example. Whatever you think privacy is important or not, but if somebody holds your private data and ha- can access it, they will try to access it if the incentive is, is good enough. In decentralized manner, this is not the case usually. Why do you think that it's so hard for people to grasp blockchain as and the concept behind it? Well, it's just that it's, it's so different from the examples that you mentioned, like the Facebook and the use of data, databases or whatever, or... I don't think it's, it's, it's that hard. I mean, there is a paradigm shift. So in order for you to understand something like this, I'll give you an example. So majority of the people who don't understand it, the reason why they don't understand it is because they have been educated deep within the system. For example, a, a regular person who works in a bank, 
He knows his macroeconomics, microeconomics, he knows his things. And for him or her, this is a given situation. And there's nothing better than it. Why? Because they have been a little bit indoctrinated. And then you introduce a new concept that basically removes the need for them uh, and their job. There will be a natural uh, resistance to something like this. If you think about it, if you go back into the future, uh, you, you see exactly the same things over and over again. If you go way back, you, you see the Way history. back in the future. No, I mean, uh, b b look at it. Electricity, that's one thing. There has been a lobby of uh, gas uh, companies that were providing illumination, and they were horrified. First, they thought it was just a fad. It was just uh, you know, a trick that nobody will use it because it, has, it doesn't have all the properties that a gas-powered uh, lamp has. Then you had uh, automobiles, cars, exactly the same thing. Then you have telecommunication, Bell Labs, for example. Then you have radio, then you have television, then you have all these other um, you know, technologies that were resisted by the people who were using the old technologies. Th that's a natural uh, reaction uh, to the whole thing. And this is exactly the same for this. I remember, I mean, I remember I was a kid, it was back in 2000, no, 1998. I was 18 years old. It was a year off just brewing of the mobile phones. And I was in love with mobile phones. They were like unbelievably uh, fascinating to me. To my father, he was a working man back then. He was a construction engineer. For, them, for him, it was just something that you occasionally use. Maybe if you need one, it was more of a, I don't know, nice to have thing than a necessity. Fast forward 10 years. 2008, mobile phones are an essential part of, you know, everything that we do right now in, in, in majority of the, of the world at this point. So exactly like blockchain. One day, we're going to look back and say, shit, you know, we were really stupid. Uh, why? Because this was obviously an efficient way. If you take a look at the same example, 1997, 1998, it was the prehistoric dates of Internet. And internet was still a toy for a lot of people. It was still filled with scammers, with anarchists, with, with, with all these kind of... You don't talk about these things in polite circles, you know, <laughs> so to say. I never talk about anarchists on <laughs> my family table. But, uh, but, you know, now it is an essential part of our civilization. Without the internet, our civilization would be in dire shock for years. We would need to recover from something like this in only 20 years. I know. Imagine, so, imagine no interday. Imagine if we just lost this podcast. Exactly. And you still have some people because of the bad negative sides that happened as a consequence of a technology. You still have people who dismiss it because it's a scam, because it's a bubble, because it's, uh, you know, people utilize this. Some people utilize this to steal, cheat some money from ordinary people. Why? Because they can. That was exactly the same thing in all the other technologies. But the fundamental benefits are obvious to some people. It will be obvious to the mainstream, to everyone else in, in a couple of years' time. What do, you need to, what do you think that needs to happen for everyone to like, get blockchain in the way they might get a consumer product like Facebook or a smartphone? Because, as you said, at some point, everybody gets it. My, my parents, at some point, realized the, the, the use case for them for a social network, while before they might not. Yeah, but that's, that's the case. I mean, the social media and social networks kick, uh, you know, took off. You know when? When? 2009, 2010. Mobile smartphones. iPhone came out in 2007. So this is a device that is 
at all times for you. And, and it had one fundamental thing that changed a lot of things, a browser. So before that, browsing on mobile devices was horrible. It was a really horrible experience. Nokia N95, who remembers this, and, and the other, it was, it was not, not, not good. So I think whenever there is a killer app that kind of shows to the people that, okay, this is it. I can easily use it. I don't need to have, I don't know, a PhD in uh, computational linguistics to understand the, you know, the nature of blockchain and then the user. So basically having a blockchain project that makes sense. I'll give, you, I'll give an example. This, yeah. this already exists. Hmm. So if I wanted to send, um, let's say, 10,000 euros to... Uh, Me, please. Yeah, but let's say that you move, you say, fuck netocratia, fuck everything, I'm going to move to Vietnam. I'd never say that, how dare you, Let's say you say it, and then you move to Vietnam, and, uh, you know, you you make me in charge of your estate, and you say, look, you know, sell netocratia, I need 10,000 euros, whatever it's left, it's yours. (laughs) So, I'm in charge of sending you uh, uh, $10,000 in Vietnam. Right now, it, it is a feat. It is an, you know, quite an adventure to get the money to you. I will either will get... go by plane, just like fly over, give me 10,000 euros, exactly. fly back. Or I go and buy Bitcoin, and then I send it to you in a matter of two minutes. You have it, receive it, and then you can use it immediately either in the local currency by going into some local currency exchange, and that's it. It's instant. I did it in the last six months a couple of times. We paid for services in, 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 in certain cryptocurrencies. Uh, and this was, let's say, this was the fundamental killer app that blockchain brings. You have no intermediaries. You, it cannot be stopped, meaning there's no higher authority that can say, you know, there's no, I'm blocking your account, you know, or you're not part of our network anymore. Uh, like PayPal, who blocks your uh, credits for six months because they feel like it. There is no third party that will basically, that can screw you uh, in the process. So once people understand that, again, there are many fundamental problems that we still need to address and need to solve in this case. But this is a killer app. For the first time in the history of humankind, you have something that is absolutely free, without any borders. Okay, some people who are a little bit more deeper in the blockchain will start talking about centralization of mining, or blah, blah, blah. These are all problems that will get solved in the next couple of years. Just like, you know, internet back in 1997 didn't have SSL, didn't have credit cards, didn't have all the things that we take yeah, for granted right now. Exactly. So, you know, things, concepts, ideas, you know, like internet, like blockchain are anti-fragile. You know, whatever tries to kind of stress it, you will learn from that and become stronger and stronger. And that's a fundamental fact. Was that a great episode? Luca was funny, I was charming. We enjoyed it so much and uh, well, I hope you did too. Thanks for sharing, thanks for tweeting uh, and liking this podcast. You can find us on iTunes and other podcasting platforms. Thanks for all your support and we'll talk about blockchain next time from the block.